It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Heartland at Noon. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for Rob Carney. I'm sorry for the slight delay. Had some technical issues we were trying to work out, but we're all good to go now. Welcome to the Heartland at Noon for Wednesday, August 18th. Coming up on the show today. It's a bit of a mixed bag, I'm not going to lie. Fraser told me he officially resigned as mayor of Moose Jaw and said his goodbyes last night at a special city council meeting. He's resigning, of course, to run in the upcoming federal election in the Moose Jaw, or for the Moose Jaw Lake Center Lanigan riding. We have audio from last night's meeting coming up. Speaking about the upcoming federal election, yesterday we had audio from NDP candidate for the Moose Jaw Lake Center Lanigan riding, Talon Regent, and today we'll have audio from Caitlin Zimmer, who will be running for the Liberals. Her conversation with Discover Moose Jaw's Daniel McElroy is on the way as well. We'll then switch gears a little bit and talk about the 800 CHAB Family First Radiothon. That's just under a month away. We'll hear from Brendan Nichols, who works in the dialysis unit, or dialysis ward, at the Dr. F.H. Wigmore Hospital. Of course, the 15th annual Family First Radiothon this year is looking to raise $125,000 for much-needed dialysis equipment at our local hospital. The Radiothon, set for September 9th and 10th. Nolan Here Nor There is a coming-of-age story about Nolan, a young man growing up on a reserve in the midst of a suicide epidemic. The movie was released last year from local filmmaker Dustin Halati and has received nothing but high praise since its release. It's won awards, it's being submitted into multiple film festivals. We talked with Dustin about his work, and we'll hear more about that coming up. And finally, we have another qualifier for week 13 of 15 weeks of winning. Got that qualifier this morning. Someone this week is going to be winning a sweet prize pack from the Lindbrook Golf Club. And we'll let you know who the lucky qualifier was at the end of the show. Local weather had some rain last night. And while it may be too little too late for farmers, it's still certainly welcome. Most of the forecast over the next five days is actually made up of rainy days, which is weird to see. We have your full five-day forecast coming up. And in sports, we'll talk the Hillcrest Men's Club Championship, the AAA Warriors Fundraiser Golf Tournament, and a rider injury. That and more coming up, but first, it's time for your news. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for 18-wheeler truck wash. Open seven days a week. Let the crew give your semi, RV, trailer, or farm equipment the best wash in Moose Jaw. 620 North Service Road. Good afternoon. I'm Daniel McElroy. While the Liberal Party is busy campaigning nationwide, the local candidate for Moose Jaw Lake Centre Lanigan is introducing herself to the riding. Caitlin Zimmer is a veterinary doctor and mother of two who lives with her family in Craven. She describes the issues most important to her in this upcoming election. Supporting farming communities, making sure that small towns have the resources that they need to be viable, getting women back into the workforce after the pandemic, and the future as it relates to the environment. Zimmer is currently the vice president of the Saskatchewan Veterinary Medical Association and says she has a passion to see rural communities thrive. After another scorching weekend of heat, Mother Nature seems to have ordered a reprieve. 
According to Environment Canada, the next week isn't expected to see the temperature reach much warmer than 20 degrees Celsius. Janelle Georgely, a meteorologist with Environment and Climate Change Canada, says the cooler air moving into the region is because the ridge of high pressure finally moved eastward. And in its place, we're having, it's called an upper trough. And that's where we'll get lots of uh, like low pressure systems that are more likely to come through more cloud development, more thunderstorm activity, and cooler temperatures. The smoky weather is expected to continue to linger at times, with parts of British Columbia still on fire, but it will just be more noticeable when the wind is coming from the west. Work on revitalizing Clark Gillies Park is nearing completion after the city sent out a survey in May asking what residents in the area wanted to see added to the play structure. Director of Parks and Recreation Derek Blay says the feedback has been fantastic and that they will be adding a number of things like play equipment for toddlers, a basketball court, along with benches and a path. Blay tells us when work is scheduled to be finished. We're hitting the final stages here and we hope to have everything kind of wrapped up and the landscaping all done here by the end of the month. We're about a month behind. We had some delays in shipping some of the equipment, the playground equipment, Um, so that put us back a few weeks for sure. This is all part of the city's playground renewal program where they're hoping to revitalize one playground per year over the next few years. Fraser Tolmey bid farewell to city council last night as he resigned as the mayor of Moose Jaw effective today. Tolmey was serving his second term in office after being first elected as mayor in 2016. He looked back at what the city was like when he was first elected. In 2016 being elected, uh, we were a community that uh, was going through a a referendum concerning the funding of our cast iron water main replacement and we found a solution and you know this community what they were really saying at that time was that they wanted to be a community that was united. Tomey's resignation comes on the heels of his nomination as the conservative candidate in the upcoming federal election. With Tomey moving on, City Council had to make a decision last night on what to do with the vacant mayor's position until a by-election is completed. Councillor Don Lunin was appointed by City Council as the interim acting mayor until a new mayor can be sworn in. Councillor Heather Eby says the deputy mayor will still play a large role. Especially with an acting mayor in place because uh, and with COVID ending, hopefully there's going to be engagements and um, events that are going to have to be attended to. So I think that the acting mayor is going to really need uh, even more support from the deputy mayor than ever. Councillors will continue to rotate on a two-month basis for the role of deputy mayor. Scientists from the University of Alberta are teaming up with the University of Saskatchewan to develop an antiviral drug to treat COVID-19. This antiviral medication would work to diminish symptoms in both vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Professor of Biochemistry at the University of Alberta, Joanne Lemieux, explains how the therapeutic drug works. We're actually targeting an enzyme that's found encoded by the virus. And this enzyme is a protease. It chops up other proteins. And the virus uses this to help replicate more virus particles. So if we can inhibit this enzyme, we can depress the infection and we can stop the progression. With nearly 30% of Saskatchewan residents still unvaccinated against COVID-19 and the Delta variant, treatments like this are all the more necessary. There were 107 new cases of COVID-19 reported in Saskatchewan yesterday, along with 130 recoveries. 1,017 cases are considered active right now, with 50 of those here in the south-central zone. 
Of the new cases yesterday, 82 were unvaccinated, 10 were partially vaccinated, and 15 were fully vaccinated. 79 people are in the hospital with 68 receiving inpatient care and 11 in intensive care. Do you have a story to share? Click Submit News at discovermoosejaw.com. And now your Golden West Radio Money Scope with Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The Canadian dollar is up to 79.23 cents U.S. StatsCan says the annual pace of inflation rose to 3.7% in July, the biggest increase since May 2011. The year-over-year increase in the Consumer Price Index compared with a 3.1% increase in June. Excluding gasoline, the Consumer Price Index for July increased 2.8% compared with a year ago. The Trudeau government has terminated an order to produce documents related to the firing of two scientists at Canada's highest security laboratory. The order was dissolved along with Parliament on Sunday when the federal election was called. Opposition parties joined forces to demand the documents in hopes they'd shed light on why two scientists were escorted out of the Winnipeg National Microbiology Lab in July 2019 and subsequently fired last January. Meng Wanzhou's extradition hearing is expected to wrap up in a B.C. Supreme Court today in a case that's soured Canada's relationship with China. The judge is expected to reserve her decision as she considers whether the United States has presented enough evidence to support a possible guilty verdict against the Huawei executive. And Nova Scotia's progressive conservatives are preparing to take power in the province after a majority win in last night's provincial election. That's a look at national news. I'm Chris Sumner. Now, Discover Moose Jaw Sports. Good afternoon, I'm Sean Slatt. The Hillcrest Men's Club Championship is down to the last few golfers in the match play tournament. Dean Shersky and Mark Albert are in the semifinals with the winner meeting Chris Knoop in the championship final that we played on or before Sunday. Meanwhile, the AAA Warriors Fundraiser Ironman Golf Tournament is set for September 11th at the Hillcrest Golf Club. The tournament will be a two-man modified scotch format, meaning both team members will tee off and alternate shots to finish the hole. Details on how to register can be found at discovermusha.com. The Saskatchewan Ruffers will be without one of their top offensive weapons for the next little while. Shaq Evans, who had 1,334 yards and five touchdowns in 2019, suffered a broken left foot in Saskatchewan's 30-8 win over the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Saturday, and he has been placed on the six-game injured list. Evans suffered the injury when Hamilton linebacker Simone Lawrence flew into the back of his leg while trying to tackle rider quarterback Cody Fajardo. And finally, the Washington Capitals are looking for the sweep of a two-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays after winning last night's opener 12-6. And remember, we'd like your scores from local sports stories. Fill us in by email, sports at discovermooshaw.com. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. It's weird seeing temperatures so low. It's going to be cloudy this afternoon. Oh, where's my music? There it is. Cloudy this afternoon with a 30% chance of showers. Hazy, high of only 19 Cloudy tonight with a chance of showers, hazy, low of 10. Tomorrow, cloudy, periods of rain beginning in the morning, hazy with a high of 17. Friday, cloudy, chance of showers, 17. Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 21. And Sunday, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, high of 19. Right now, Moose Jaw, 15. Regina, 13. Assiniboia Gravelberg, 14. Rockland Cornac, 15. Swift Current, 12. Elbow 14, Davidson Watrous 15. Once again, Assiniboia 14, Regina 13, and with the wind north, 
at with the wind north at 31. Whoa, lost my place there somehow. Wind's gusting from the north at 31. With a relative humidity of 71%. It's 15 degrees in Moose Jaw right now. Feels like fall. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Some very cool temperatures were noted across the western parts of the prairies this morning, and we're going to see some of that coolness come eastward. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. Temperatures in parts of Alberta dropped this morning down to plus one and plus two around the Rocky Mountain House and the Sundry area of Alberta. The coldest temperature this morning in Saskatchewan was at Rabbit Lake South, and it looks like the temperatures there are going to warm up fairly quickly today. We are going to continue to be in a cooler weather mode for a while and we will have periods of light precipitation coming and going across the region as well. The forecast will allow for some scattered showers to occur across parts of Saskatchewan today. Most of the precipitation will likely occur during the morning and diminish as the day goes along. A few sporadic showers though will linger today across central and southeastern parts of the province with very poor coverage and very limited amounts of rain resulting. A more significant opportunity for rain will begin to evolve on Thursday. We'll look for that to occur in about 70% of the province. The greatest precipitation will occur from Thursday evening into Friday across the eastern parts of the region, and a little reinforcing shot of precipitation may occur Friday night into Saturday morning. That's going to bring moisture totals into the range of 5 to 15 millimeters in general, with some local totals of 15 to maybe 25 millimeters. The precipitation will be concentrated on the east. We'll look for most of that to occur along and east of a line from Hudson Bay down towards the Cornac area. And the precipitation will be closely monitored for changes as we go forward through the day today and into the morning tomorrow. The forecast after that is for a short-term break in the precipitation, but another chance for a few showers will occur in a part of the province as we go forward through the weekend and into early next week. Much cooler air will come with each one of these shots of rain and we'll see high temperatures limited to the teens over the next few days. A few lower 20s will occur when we do have a break in the precipitation. Might even see an upper 20 degree reading in one or two spots. As we go into the latter part of the weekend and especially early next week, we will see our nighttime temperatures getting nippier and we will see some readings in the middle and upper single digits during the early to middle part of next week. For the Golden West Radio Network. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Time now for your road report brought to you by Tip Top Roofing. Serving Moose Jaw for over 30 years. Call Tip Top Roofing today for your free estimate and 10% off. 631-5975. Let's see. Take a look at road closures. According to the City of Moose Jaw website, paving going on just for today on Ominica Street East between 8th and 9th Northeast. Uh, sewer and water relay work happening on Cotto Street West between 12th and 13th Southwest. We all know about the cast iron replacement ongoing on Caribou Street West between 6th and 9th. Uh, intersections are open. There's construction on Lauren Avenue between Manitoba Street and Cotto Street East. Uh, private contractor work as well going on on 2nd Avenue Northeast. That's between Fairford and High Street East. The southbound lanes are closed. And that is your road report. And this is Paul Martin.
The Brandt Group from Regina has once again extended its reach. The company announced the acquisition of Alberta-based service equipment on Monday in a $300 million all-cash deal. The deal still has to be formally ratified, but a significant portion of the voting shares have already been locked in. Brandt has become the largest John Deere dealer in the construction and forestry equipment line. Now it's adding farm machinery with the acquisition. And along with ag machinery, service also operated Peterbilt outlets, which are part of the deal as well as material handling operations. Now, prior to the deal, service itself had been aggressive about geographic and product expansion with operations throughout Canada and as far away as Australia and New Zealand. For Saskatchewan, this is another major addition to our corporate head office roster. Historically, we were more likely to talk about an Alberta firm buying one from Saskatchewan. But Brandt's strength and depth is putting a new twist on that story with head office decision-making flowing to Saskatchewan, not from it. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. The best way to start your weekend is at Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Every Saturday on Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1. Rain or shine, bring your family to Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Mondays are special at Moose Jaw's Hillcrest Golf Club. You can play 18 holes for just $48, and that includes your power card. The Monday special every Monday, including holidays. For more information and to book your tea time, call the Hillcrest, 693-1921. Come to Church in the Park with Church of God Moose Jaw. This Sunday morning, everyone is invited to the Crescent Park Amphitheater theater for one service at 10. Enjoy lively music, an inspiring message, and activities for the kids. Food trucks will also be on site. For more info, visit mjcog.com. Beat the heat this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. Tim here with Young's Equipment. Get more. 20% more capacity, 30% more speed, 70% more flex. The all-new Macdon FT2 gives you more of everything you need for harvesting performance. From the company that brought you the original flex draper. Call your local Young's Equipment location or visit youngs.ca. Bigger, faster, flexier. Get more with the Macdon FT2 flex draper. Parrish and Heimbecker Moose Jaw, focused on the value, delivery options, and payment terms that fit your operation. This is Aiden McBride, customer service rep for Moose Jaw's Parrish and Heimbecker. Let's discuss the fertilizer market, chemical supply market for the rest of this year, and what next year might look like to make sure your operation is covered. So give me a call to discuss any of your needs or concerns at 306-693-2977. Count on experience. Count on expertise. Count on Parrish and Heimbecker. Moving tradition forward. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Welcome back to the show. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for Rob Carney. A special council meeting was held last night where Fraser Tolmy officially resigned as mayor of Moose Jaw. He's looking to run in the upcoming federal election September 20th with more... Here's Discover Moose Jaws' Sean Slatt. Frazier Tomey has bid farewell to City Council. Tomey made it official during a special City Council meeting on Tuesday night that he will be stepping down as the mayor of Moose Jaw to focus on his federal election campaign. He reflected on his time as mayor. You know, uh, five years can go by so quickly when you think about it. Uh, in 2016, being elected, uh, we were a community that uh, was... Uh, 
going through a, a referendum concerning the funding of our cast iron water main replacement. And we found a solution. And, um, you know, this community, what they were really saying at that time was that they wanted to be a community that was united, uh, that it, City of Moose Jaw is um, a community that wants to do things together. There was two referendums on Mosaic Place, and people voted in favor of, of doing that together. They voted in favor of um, paying for cast iron uh, water main replacement themselves uh, together as a, as, a, as a group and and so at the heart and soul of this community is uh, doing things together and uh, we've been able to build bridges between organizations such as Tourism Moose Jaw, Chamber of Commerce, the Downtown Business Group, City of Moose Jaw to come up with a community strategic plan and then, uh, based on that success, we were able to do uh, community branding, uh, which has been very successful and, and has been able to attract a lot of people. Uh, we've had some fun with the Moose Wars and uh, bathrobes and, uh, you know, a few other things and, you know, uh, skip the dishes commercials. And, you know, the city of Moose Jaw is really on the map, and I'm very, very proud of everybody that's been involved. We've had a strong administration that have addressed uh, uh, aging infrastructure that's been neglected for so many years, and we've come up with um, solutions to address that so people have clean drinking water, uh, great parks to play in, roads that are getting paved, and um, we've got uh, a good council that are, is going to carry the ball. And the people of this community have put their confidence in, in not only myself, but in those people. And uh, it's a real privilege. Meanwhile, this left a question about who will fill the mayor's seat until a by-election can be completed. City Council decided to appoint Councillor Don Looning as the acting mayor until a new mayor can be sworn in after the by-election. City Council was given a few options, including appointing an acting mayor and continuing with a two-month rotation of deputy mayors or continuing the rotation of deputy mayors with each deputy mayor taking on the role of acting mayor. Councillor Jamie Logan didn't like the idea of having a rotating acting mayor. I do... I do agree. I mean, certainly all capable, whether it's Councillor Blanc or Councillor Robinson or myself, for that matter, who would be next in line for November, December. Um, the, the problem I have with it, I guess, is consistency. And so I'd like the deputy mayor would still be deputy mayor and still be their turn. But the way I would like to see it is that it would be a consistent uh, interim mayor, and whether that's Councillor Blanc or Councillor Looning or Councillor Froze, it, to me that doesn't matter. But I would like it to be a consistent person in that position, so that they can work hand in hand with administration and not have the turnover to who to call and what to do. So, I mean, currently it would be Councillor Robinson and then Councillor Blanc and then myself. Whereas if we do an interim acting mayor, then that would be some consistency. And, and no matter who that council council person is consistent point of contact for administration and get a feel for what their thought process is and, and hopefully be cohesive and work together for the next few months. Councillor Heather Eby said even with one acting mayor, there's still a large role for the deputy mayor to play. We haven't decided when a by-election will be. We don't know that it's going to be within two months because we have a federal election coming up. So we're not even going to start the process of a by-election until after September 20th. So that takes, you know, it, it could be 
six weeks after that. So we could potentially have three different people rotating through that position. And I don't think that that's the most effective um, for our staff uh, or for um, the role of, of that person. Now, the deputy mayor, whoever it would be as the rotation would continue, still has a huge job, um, especially with an acting mayor in place because uh, and with COVID ending, hopefully there's going to be engagements and um, events that are going to have to be attended to. So I think that the acting mayor is going to really need uh, even more support from the deputy mayor than ever. And so I, I believe that, that leaving that rotation the way it is 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 right. Details about the upcoming by-election are going before City Council on August 23rd. For Discover Mooshaw News, I'm Sean Slatt. We'll, of course, have more information on that municipal election once it's revealed. Sticking with the federal election... We're going to be talking with each candidate for the Moose Jaw Lakes and Lanigan riding. We spoke with NDP's Talon Regent yesterday, and now we'll hear from Caitlin Zimmer, who's going to be representing the Liberal Party. Caitlin, why don't we start things off with you introducing yourself. Uh, what's your background and uh, what experience would you bring to the table? Well, I'm a second-generation veterinarian. I'm living in Craven with my husband, Joe, and our two children, Hazel, who's three, and Stan, who's five. I work at a small animal practice in Regina. And the reason I'm interested in running for politics is because of my work through my uh, professional association, the Saskatchewan Veterinary Medical Association. What's, what uh, experience have you had there that lends it to this job? Well, my first experience was just after I graduated from vet school. I joined the Professional Wellness Committee as a member and then later as their chair. And now I sit on the Executive Council as the Vice President. Okay, so what are some of the key issues as you see them that are facing the people of this writing? Well, I know that the key issues for me personally are surrounding families and getting women back into the workforce after the pandemic, supporting farming communities, making sure that small towns have the resources that they need to be viable, and the future as it relates to the environment. And so, as a, as you say, as a, as a working mother, you've expressed the uh, the need for accessible ten dollars an hour daycare uh, or, or childcare. The the Liberals, of course, ran on that in 2019, and only just now, a, a week ago, I think it was that the uh, they made that announcement that it would be coming to Saskatchewan. And we'll still have to wait till 2025 for the plan to really come to full fruition. How can how can the Liberals justify? waiting that long and, and, and running on it in, in one election and not doing anything until the very next election? Well, I think that change takes time. And as we all know, they had a much bigger hurdle to overcome in the pandemic. And so now I think that it's really important as we all return to work that we do focus on this issue because that's going to get us back to work. And that's what's going to help generate the economy that we would all like to see thriving. I think it's fair to say that in recent years, there hasn't, uh, there hasn't been an overwhelming amount of support for uh, Liberal candidates in, in Saskatchewan, especially rural ridings. As a, as a rural resident yourself and someone with rural connections, what makes the Liberal Party the party for you? 
to you, Daniel. I didn't notice that. I was feeling like a very tiny red island in a sea of blue when I decided to embark on this journey. And I just have to say, that wasn't a good enough reason for me not to do it. It was really important to me to stand up for what I believe in and give people a choice. Fair enough. What uh, what needs to happen to gain back that trust of, of the West? You've, you've talked about supporting families and farmers. What are some of the specific plans that uh, you see in the Liberal Party platform that could help? Well, I think that they need an enthusiastic, positive candidate who's willing to listen, somebody who's smart, somebody who is not self-interested in trying to push through a personal agenda, and somebody who has real motivation to want to help. I love where I live. I have strong ties to um, rural Saskatchewan, and I am excited to be able to listen to the residents and to hopefully represent we all we've all felt the effects of of the drought and 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 the unstable weather patterns that have really uh, afflicted the province this year and 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 that are being attributed uh, to our warming climate. How would you advocate to both protect our environment and uh, support uh, the farmers and, and and ranchers in the in the local area? Yeah, I'm personally affected by the drought in that we do have horses and miniature donkeys that I am frantically trying to find feed for this winter. The person that I've purchased hay through in the past has harvested 10% of what he's been able to produce in the previous year. My in-laws are grain farmers um, in Handel, Saskatchewan, and they are dealing with a huge crop failure this year. And so when it's your livelihood or when it's your passion, it's important that the government be there to support us in whatever way possible um, that we need at the time. So whether that's securing feed sources, providing financial support, it's a huge issue in Western Canada and it's our livelihood. We hope to hear more from the candidates in the Lake Centre, Moose Jaw Lake Centre Lanigan riding coming up later this week. But first, it's time for a break. When we come back, we're talking Radiothon. That's coming up on the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. The Farm Stress Line is run by people who know farming is full of uncertainties, and that uncertainty causes stress. When it starts to get to you, it's important to deal with it as quickly as possible. If you're having trouble sleeping, feeling depressed, anxious, or having suicidal thoughts, Call the Farm Stress Line, free and confidential, and well worth the call. 1-800-667-4442. 1-800-667-4442. Hi, Jalen here from Fountain Tire Moose Jaw, here for you this harvest season. We have three service trucks running seven days a week. With over 75 years experience, our farm technicians are on call 24 hours a day. Lots of new and used farm inventory. Fountain Tire Moose Jaw. 
here for you when you need us most. Prairie Skies Integration Network is all about newcomers and all about you. Together, let's make the region's communities a more welcoming place. Find them on Facebook and then join them for kick at their public launch events. August 25th at Crescent Park in Moose Jaw, August 26th in Gravelberg, and August 28th in Davidson. The Moose Jaw Cultural Center is proud to present Stronger Together, an initiative to raise awareness and support for mental health and homelessness in Moose Jaw. You can see Stronger Together in the Mosaic Art Gallery at the Moose Jaw Cultural Center until August 31st. This amazing display features metal sculpture works by Bill and Lorette Keene, and all proceeds from this show will be donated to the community nonprofit organization Square One. See Stronger Together at the Mosaic Art Gallery in the Moose Jaw Cultural Center today, 217 Main Street North, or learn more at moosejawculture.ca. Discover Moose Jaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Today, cloudy with scattered showers, hazy and a high of 19. Cloudy tonight with a chance of showers early this evening, hazy and a low of 10. Cloudy Thursday, periods of rain beginning in the morning, hazy and a high of 17. Friday, cloudy with a chance of showers, a high of 17. Saturday, mix of sun cloud, a high of 21. And Sunday, cloudy with a chance of showers and a high of 19. Apple Pie Day is taking place today until 4 p.m. at the Moss Bank and District Museum. Stop by and grab a fresh slice of apple pie for one of the biggest fundraisers of the year for the Moss Bank Museum. For all your news and weather anytime, click on discovermooshaw.com or the Mooshaw Live app. I'm Sean Slatt. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Welcome back. The 15th annual 800 CHAB Family First Radiothon is coming up September 9th and 10th, where we'll be raising money for much-needed dialysis equipment at the Dr. F.H. Wigmore Hospital. With more, here's Haley Shirky with manager of the dialysis unit, Brenda Nichols. The 15th annual 800 CHAB Family First Radiothon is set for this September. I stopped into the dialysis unit at the F.H. Wigmore Hospital to talk to Brenda Nichols, registered nurse and manager of the dialysis unit, to talk about what we are raising money for this year. So for the Radiothon, we're looking to purchase a number of things for the dialysis unit. Do you just want to tell me a bit about the importance of the things that we're looking to purchase? Uh, well, the first thing is the transonic monitor, and that's what's measuring the blood flow in the patient's their what we call fistula is where the, the needle where the machine is attached to the patient and that measures the blood flow that is telling how this the blood is flowing through their veins and arteries to through the machine so that's very important uh, normally they would have to go to have this in Regina and so that if we can have it here then that saves them from having to go to Regina and have it done so that's that uh, the other thing we're looking for is a ceiling lift, and that's we have a, our, our average population is getting older, and so some of them need assistance into a chair, and so we're looking for a ceiling lift um, to help, and that helps the safety for the nurses and the patient. Uh, what are the other things we're going for? Uh, another bro- like a broda or a dialysis chair, and the one we're looking at is electric. It's ease for the nurses because they're not having to, they can just push a button. Also, the patient can push a button and adjust their selves how they, when they're laying. They're in there for four hours, some of them. So it's nice to be able to adjust it accordingly. So people who require dialysis, how often do they come? Uh, they range from once a week to four times a week. 
Okay, so definitely you form a connection with the patients then, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Just people from Moose Rock come to this unit, or? Uh, surrounding areas. We've had people, um, most of ours are from around, but they're from Assiniboia, Gravelberg, and we, we've had somebody as far from as Wood Mountain come. And so someone who is on dialysis, are they on it for their whole life? Usually. Once their kidneys fail, they don't get regenerated, so they need to be on the machine until they can get a kidney transplant. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about why this unit is so important? Uh, well, for the patients. Uh, it, it does save them from driving to Regina. If it, we didn't have a unit here, they'd be having to go to Regina. So if you look at somebody from Assiniboia, they have an hour drive here, and then they have to another hour to Regina. So it's a two-hour drive twice, a, you know, there and back, that's four hours, and if they have to come every day or four times a week, that's, what, four times four, 16 hours of just drive time. Well, and that's their life. So it kind of stops them from really doing anything. It's hard. It's hard for those. So the closer it is for them, the better. The 800 CHAB Family First Radiothon is set for September 9th and 10th from Center Court at the Town and Country Mall. The goal is to raise $125,000. Thanks, Haley, for that, and Brenda, of course. And now for something completely different. Mustavian Dustin Halati released a movie last year called Nor- Nolan Here Nor There. You may have heard about it. It's, it's garnered a large amount of positive attention. With more on that, here's Daniel McElroy with Dustin. Nolan Here Nor There is the latest film from local filmmaker Dustin Halati telling the story of a young indigenous man attempting to reconnect with his culture. The film has already won a number of awards and has been screened at film festivals all over the world and most recently has been shortlisted in the Canadian feature category at the Regina International Film Festival. Dustin, tell us a little bit more about how this film came together. Right, yeah. So I, I wrote the screenplay, and then um, and, and then I um, was producing it. So just And just different producers do a lot of things. Like some producers are just money. Some producers are more just like, oh, send me this stuff and you're done, and I'll look at it. And uh, when I produce, I'm basically hands-on ma- organizing everything and, and making sure everything gets done, making sure the casting gets done and the and the location scouting and the that the dates are set and the scheduling and and all all of that. So I, I was doing all of that and we found out pretty quick that I was you know we needed um, a director because between the the small crew we had we were we were kind of getting run pretty thin. So we interviewed a couple people and and uh, we interviewed Wilfred Dieter and he was. Uh, just you know, an obvious born leader, and so we thought, oh yeah, let's let's, uh, let's get him to direct. He had directed some shorts, some short films, and some music videos, and and uh, this is his first feature, and so and so uh, we got him to direct this, and he honestly did a great job. Is a uh, really uh, intuitive with the actors and everything. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, um, what was your reaction upon uh, getting uh, all of this positive feedback and getting shortlisted in the Canadian feature category now at the Regina International Film Festival? Well, first, when you're writing, when you're writing something, you you, you never know how it's going to turn out. This film is collaborative, so 
if you write a book or something, uh, you may have an editor, but it's not really collaborative. Um, but film definitely is. So you write, write a script, and then maybe someone else is directing it, and then the actors, of course, they're going to put their own spin on things, you know, how you wrote things. Maybe they might take it a different way or pull something different out of it that you didn't uh, originally think. And so it really is co- collaborative. So you, first off, you don't know you don't know what your when you write your film's going to be. And then when you're making the film and you're shooting everything, it seems like you would know like how people would react to it. You, it seems you would know how good it is. But I feel like there's this thing always hanging over a film shoot, which is, are we making a piece of crap or are we making like a, a piece of art? You know, and, and <laughs> I think every every filmmaker I know has that hanging over them when they're shooting. And then for me, once I'm in the editing booth, that's when I know if I've made something I love or not and then as i was editing i was like oh i love this one i love these performances like um brayden john king uh, who plays nolan he won best performance at the saskatchewan independent film awards and uh i was like oh man his performance is so good so much more than i even remembered when i was there in person and same with charlie big knife who plays one of the main characters was like her performance was 10 times better than i thought it was when we were on set and but then you're like, well, I love this, and I think it's a good piece of art. But uh, you don't know how other people are going to think, so you send it off to the festivals. And, you you know, it's like writing a, your finals test. So you wrote it, and you're like, okay, I, I think I did good. But you, you never know, because everyone's, like, written or written a test and being like, I aced that. And then you get it back, and you got, like, a 51. So <laughs> so you, d- you don't know for sure. And, and it took a while for any festival to get back. So I was like, oh, they don't like it. Like, and then I think we had a, two rejections, and I was like, oh, they hate it. And then we got our first film award acceptance at a, a Japanese film festival. And then I thought, oh, and then I was so excited. I was like, we got into one, we got into one. And then next week we got into another one. And the week after that we got into another one. And then uh, Rifa is actually uh, the last one. That's the end of our film festival cycle, and it's the 14th. Um, film festival we got into and we got a couple of awards um, including best film at the Saskatchewan Independent Film Awards and so so yeah it was nice to be like because it's a lot of work it's about two years of work and it's nice to be like okay you know that moment that I was writing a story on the page to the moment where I'm holding an award and the film is all in all these festivals like that's you know it's a pretty good pretty good feeling you know because you you don't know how it's going to go until you get there yeah i mean i think you can probably rest assured now that uh you actually did make a pretty uh a pretty worthwhile piece of art there yeah so so that's like okay and then and then it's also been i've just been putting like one minute clips on on tiktok um of the film and that's been blowing up that's gotten clips have gotten millions of of views one has 1.5 million and most of them have at least, you know, thousands and thousands. Like, I, I stopped counting. But, but Well, and that kind of leans into my next question with, um, like, having having the Regina Film Festival have, streaming online virtually and everything. It's it's creating an audience that is much more accessible in, in ways than as you're using TikTok and things like that. It's, it's you're really reaching a broader audience, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's The film has been really popular. It's, it's um, most of the film festivals that we've been in, you know, we've gotten a lot. So like all the festivals have been online because of COVID 
and everything's just people watching at home, which is, it, you know, in person is always better <clears throat> because film festivals is, is part of it is for people to watch it, um, you know, because there's people who just go to film festivals for fun. But m- most of all, it's a it's a way to um, meet people in the industry and, and try to get dis- distribution and things like that. So f- as far as networking went, online festivals aren't. Um, though some of some of the festivals did like an amazing job trying to incorporate that, but uh, it's just not the same as being in person. But all the festivals we played at, it it felt like it did open it up to a bigger audience, and our film, you know, got viewed a lot of times. I think overall, and it's not even officially released, and it's been viewed over thirty thousand times. So so it's been popular, like at the festivals. So that that was the interesting thing at the festivals. It was less it was less of a networking thing but it was way more accessible to, you know, just the average person who's not really connected to the film industry to, to check out stuff, you know, because a lot of people aren't going to, you know, fly to Los Angeles to go to a film festival, but they will watch the films online. And so we found like that it was really good for getting people to watch it. And then it was okay for networking too, but not as good as it would have been if, if it was in person. And so now that uh, you're a little bit removed from the film, you finished it up last year and then have been uh, um, showing it around, have you seen it take on kind of a life of its own in, in ways that have surprised you or that things and themes have come out of it and people have pointed out things about it to you that you never would have seen? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like uh, Definitely like the, the, the one-minute clips we've been putting on TikTok, people have been very uh, affected by it and sending so many messages just just saying um talk, like it's and i think it's opened up people to share their their stories too so like a, the theme of the the film it's, it's about it's a coming of age story about a young man growing up on a, a reservation and uh, that's in the throes of a suicide epidemic and then he his mother is scared for him and she and she sends him to live with family in port Coppell. And while he's a pork propel, he meets up with a residential school survivor and gets to learn about his culture and his and, and history and the treaty relationship and reconciliation and and people really connected with all the characters. But um, there is one character um, who plays an elder who's a residential school survivor, and people really connected with his story. And I saw pe- so many people on TikTok being like, "Thank you for this encourages me to share my story," you know because like a big part of something that was in the film and something that, that we found in our research was um, residential schools. I think now people are more open to talking about it, but it was just kind of like this thing that people were like, yeah, I know my grandparents went, but they just don't talk about it. And so, and I do see people, survivors are sharing their stories. And I think definitely with, with the comments we've been getting, see that the, the film is helping, encouraging people to share their stories authentically. And so now that you're gaining some traction at the festivals and, and in that circuit, have you are you hoping to get distribution? Have you been able to pick up a deal? You know, we don't have any distribution yet. So if anyone's, uh, whoever is listening to this, give uh, CBC a tweet or, or a message or, or uh, uh, ATPN and say, hey, this is a good film. <laughs> Distribute it. Yeah, so we haven't found distribution yet, um, and part of that's just because all the festivals were online. Networking wasn't as 
like networking is really where those deals get made. And so um, we didn't have as much as that opportunity, but, um, but I think if it's, if we don't pick up distribution within the next month, we'll just do it ourselves and release it ourselves and then take hundred percent of the profit ourselves. That was Dustin Halati. Make sure you keep, keep your eyes out for that movie when it's released. However, it's released. Should be a great watch. Time for another break. But when we're back, we're going to be talking 15 weeks of winning and farm it forward. That's next on the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. Hi, I'm James Murdoch. We invite you to K Plus S Homestand 21, August 28th at Rosswell's Park. Money from the event is being directed with the Prairie South School Division to bring education and resources to the children and families in the promotion of healthy mental well-being and awareness and the beautification of Rosswell's Park. Five bands playing Barney Bentall and his Caribou Express. J.J. Shiplet, Nice Horse, Dustin Bentall, and Casey and Clay. Tickets are available at the May Wilson box office. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Moose Jaw Truck Shop, your number one diesel truck repair experts. Visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop on Facebook for more information. Beachcomber Hot Tubs, 270 Caribou Street West in Moose Jaw. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. Moose Jaw Co-op is your one-stop summer shop. Whether you're hiding away in your backyard oasis, planning a family picnic in the park, or heading off to the lake, they have everything you need to make a good time an amazing time. Buns, meat, cool, refreshing beverages from their in-house liquor store, and so much more. Oh, wait, did you know that with every purchase, you earn equity and cash-back membership benefits? Be a part of something bigger and become a co-op member today. Come on in and get your summer going with a visit to your Moose Jaw Co-op. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Well, we're over halfway through week 13 of 15 weeks of winning. This week, we're giving away a $420 gift certificate to spend at the Lindbrook Golf Club Pro Shop, as well as a pair of nine-hole punch cards, which includes Power Cart. This morning on The Morning Show, Tegan Whitco got our next qualifier asking you listeners, the cost of these has gone down about 95% since the first one was sold in the 30s. What are they? The cost of one of these has gone down about 95% since the first one was sold in the 30s. What are they? Here's how that went. Microwave? I think it's televisions. A calculator. I think it's cameras. Radio? Would it be a computer? Oh, I think it's the cost of a radio. CHAB, good morning. Who's this? Terry. Terry, do you think you know what it is now? Air conditioner. Yes. Yes, you got it. (laughs) That was a tough one this morning. But Terry, it turns out the first one that they sold back in the early 1930s, that was like $10,000. In today's money, that would be $120,000. It's really expensive. Oh, it's super expensive, right? Do you have an AC unit in your place? Yes. Has, have you been using it lots this summer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be nice to give it a break this week, eh? <laughs> it was good this morning. 
Congrats to Terry, and make sure you tune in to the morning show tomorrow for your final chance to qualify. We'll be announcing the prize winner on Friday. 15 Weeks of Winning, brought to you by Dragon Fly Soul Healing, Plunder Design Jewelry by Heidi T, Bootleg Barbers, B&B Fruit Stand, and The Sugar Shack. And Farm It Forward is underway as well, where we're wanting you to tell us about your farming operation, and you could be winning 50 bucks to spend at One Stop Eats here in town. And then you'll get another 50 bucks to pass off to another farming family. Jody and Angela were the big winners from this morning, and they spoke with Country 100's Courtney Fielder. Uh, we have uh, five quarters of barley off, and we're going to go into the canola here shortly, and then we have some wheat. How were the crops for you guys this year with everything all taking in consider with like the weather and the drought and all that kind of stuff? Uh, no, they're not. They're not great. No, but oh. you know what? Everybody's in the same boat and is what it is. And we're just going through the motions, taking it off. Hopefully it goes well for you guys for the rest of harvest. Like you said, all things considered, not the greatest, but uh, you know what? We we got some good news for you with uh, the Farm at Ford contest Perfect. here. Thank you very much. Hooked up with 50 bucks from our friends at onestopeats.ca here in Moose Jaw. And you get a chance to farm it forward. Who are you farming it forward to for some lunch? I will farm it forward to Angela Kemp. Awesome. So what this means here, Angela, is you're going to get hooked up with 50 bucks spent with our friends at onestopeats.ca here in Moose Jaw. Perfect. For more on Farm It Forward and 15 weeks of winning, head on over to discovermoosejaw.com. That does it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we'll be ending things off with Carney's comments in just a couple seconds. I'll be back this afternoon. So until then. Have a good rest of your lunch hour. Have a good rest of your day if I don't talk to you later on. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's that time of year. The Family First Radiothon returns September 9th and 10th at Town & Country Mall. All funds raised go to purchase new equipment for the dialysis unit at the Dr. F.H. Wigmore Regional Hospital. With your support, we can supply new equipment in Moose Jaw so patients in our community don't have to travel long distances for treatment. This year, our goal is $125,000. Every dollar counts. The Family First Radiothon, September 9th and 10th. You're listening to 800 CHAB along with us at LBBD Auto Body. Hi, I'm Terry, and we are proud to say that we now have the highest level of accreditation for safe and quality collision repair in town. Time now for the best of Carney's comments. I'm not surprised, but somewhat disappointed. A new poll has found many Canadians would like us to drop the monarchy. The poll was conducted by Research Co. It found 45% of us would prefer an elected head of state instead of the Queen when it comes to Canada's constitution. Research Co. tells us this preference is at an historic level, up 13 percentage points from a year ago. Only 24% are in favor of Canada remaining a monarchy, with 19% saying they don't care either way. I grew up with respect for the monarchy. My family roots trace back to Great Britain, England, and Scotland. I've said it before, if you search for answers about why the monarchy is relevant in Canada, you'll find words like heritage and history, unity, character and values, tradition, integrity, freedom, glorious and victorious. It's also interesting to note, we who support the monarchy would prefer Prince William over Prince Charles to take over as our future king. Hear, hear. I'm Rob Kearney.